Hey everybody, welcome to the show. We have a special show today. I, I see things a little differently. I am the slow chemical. We have a, a special guest here today. As um, I was not aware of this this young lady until my manager brought her across my attention. I saw some of her art, saw her website, and he was like, "We should get more creators on um, that are just kind of doing their thing." And so I was like, "All right, cool." So we reached out to her. She was so kind to come on, which is awesome. Uh, we have Kelly McMahon on today. How are you doing today? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. So, um, my, f- my first question I'm going to ask is, are you actually from Australia originally? I am. So, at the moment, I'm currently based between Australia and America. Um, today, I'm in Australia. It's nice and cold and a bit miserable, so I'm dreaming <laughs> of that sunny Californian heat. But, yeah, I'm from Australia originally. Okay. So, how long have you been coming back, going back and forth? I started doing conventions in the U.S. in 2018, and it just sort of grew from there. In 2019, I sort of was almost splitting my time, like probably one-third of the year over there, two-thirds of the year here by the time I'd come and gone, and then the pandemic hit, so that was a bit unfortunate. (laughs) And um, this year, I've been spending quite a bit of time in the U.S. to just sort of make up for lost time. Okay, so you said something there interesting. So how did how did I mean obviously COVID affected us all, but how did it affect you when you just start traveling over here and all of a sudden now this pandemic hits? Like, were you ever at one point in time ever stuck in the U.S. and couldn't get back home? Uh, I was lucky enough not to, but I was supposed to go to Seattle the weekend that they just shut the borders in Australia. So I was lucky to get stuck on this end and not the other end. Um, A lot of Australians uh, ended up paying exorbitant fees um, to fly home Mm. within that week. So I was, yeah, I was very lucky um, that I was essentially stuck at home and not abroad. That's crazy. It's it's, it's always fascinating for me to hear people's different people's stories and and how how the pandemic affected them i mean i guess technically a pandemic still affecting us all anyway so um so first of all so my guess my audience are going to learn about you as i as well as i am so what got you into that's too basic of a question what got you into coming what got you into doing doing comic cons because that's something that for me I would have probably never gotten into it. Just so happened that my first Comic Con I was ever invited to was Indiana PopCon in 2016, and it just so happened that um, one of the promoters saw some work I was working on at the time, and he said, "Hey, do you want to do a panel?" I was like, "I don't know what the hell that is," and he was like, he, he, he explained it to me, and I was like, "Sure." And then that's how my journey started doing Comic Cons. How did George start? Um. Okay, a similar kind of said, to be honest. I had had never even been to a convention um, before I tabled in Artist Alley. I remember my my husband going to one and I was like, all right, well, enjoy that. I don't know what to me (laughs) way back in the day. Um, But I I had started illustrating on the side um, of my graphic design job and I got some interest and people wanted some commissions and I was like, oh, maybe maybe people would, would buy this. What do, how do you do that? What, what do you do with that? And he was like, well, why don't you sell your work at like a Comic-Con? And I was like, oh, I, well, I guess maybe that could work. 
So we looked into it and um, we applied for a table at what was called Madfest um, in Melbourne. It was an anime convention and I was really into anime at the time and I just, I loved it. It was such a great atmosphere and people were so kind and friendly and excited about what you were doing. And I was kind of addicted. I was like, oh, I really like this. Um, and then we we looked at some others that were around and it, yeah, it kind of became it became a really easy way to get my work in front of my audience mm. and for me to connect with my audience. Um, and it just, it was a really good atmosphere. Uh, older people appreciate what you do, which you don't always get um, in other environments. That's very true. So before we get too far ahead, cause I tend to do that. Tell everyone, what is it you do and how you got into it? Because like I said, like I've met so many people doing comic cons now to where their journeys are so interesting to me to where they sound like how you just sounded. It was kind of like, oh, someone wants to actually pay. F- Why? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Give me your money. Yeah. <laughs> so like you say you were um, doing graphic I design. I started out as a graphic designer. Okay. So I have a very different background to a lot of creatives. I don't um, come from animation or an illustration background. Uh, at a really young age, someone told me that I could do graphic design, which was essentially art in a commercial setting. And uh, like I was fairly small-minded about like what you could do as jobs at 15. And I thought that, that sounded unbelievable. Like this idea that you could be creative and people pay you for it. Like, and it's like professional. I thought, oh, okay. So I went off on this little venture to become a graphic designer. I went to university and I worked in the industry for seven years and all in all, I really enjoyed it, but it, it became a little bit soul sucking. I suppose mm. you are collaborating with people who are not creative most of the time and you're kind of fighting to keep your ideas alive and it just, it, it was wearing me down. So I started illustrating on the side and, um, that was when I started to get a little bit of interest online. And much like you said before, I was sort of shocked. I'm like, oh, gosh, people people like this and they want to pay for it. And it, it sort of just blossomed from there. It was a very organic growth. So that, that's that's interesting. You said soul sucking. So, all right, I want to pull on that thread a little bit more. When did Do you remember the exact moment when you were like, man, this is just crushing my creativity. Do you actually have, can you tell that story? I mean, uh, you don't have to say names, but like. I very much can. I was, um, I was in, um, heading to a pitch with, um, my boss and he sort of said to me on the way up that he just didn't think option two in this presentation was like a viable option. And I remember looking at him and thinking, what? Like, the whole pitch is option two. Like, <laughs> I can't change this. I can't change this now. Like we're in the elevator on the way up to the meeting. Like, okay. And I just remember thinking like, oh, okay, well, I guess I've got to like solve for X here. And I got into the room and I thought about it and I was like, no, actually option two is a viable option. And option two is my pitch and I'm sticking to this. So I did my presentation and the clients loved option two. And mm. they went with it. And I just started to realize that like, my heart wasn't really in it in that mm. moment. I was just like, oh, I think there's so much about the way this industry works and what I'm doing that I'm just not fully enjoying. And at that point in time, I was like traveling with um, conventions and I was, you know, seeing that success for myself. And, you know, I spent a large portion of my day sitting there answering my own emails and my own phone calls for things I was doing that just had me a little bit more captivated. And mm. I, I realized that I... I probably didn't enjoy graphic design as much as I originally had. And my passion for it was really just drying up slowly. Yeah. 
that'll do it. <laughs> yeah. That will do. do you remember the first piece you ever sold? And do you remember like? All right. So answer that. For, I'm, I, I have another question I want to ask, but I'm trying to think of the right wording for it. So, do you remember the first piece you ever sold once you kind of like went on your own? It was a commission that I did. I had a girl from um, Brisbane email me and she was like, I love this Sailor Moon piece you did. Would you be able to do a Tokyo Mew Mew piece um, that looks really similar? And she wanted to pay me to do it. And that that was when I realized like, maybe, maybe I could be making money off this. Um, I still have that commission. So yeah, I was like, wow, okay. Okay, so like a, yeah, page turner for me. Yeah, so you kind of answered my other question too. I was gonna, I was gonna say like, how good did it feel? Because see, I've even though I haven't been doing it that long, like my creative stuff, I don't actually remember the first piece I sold because I, I, I just for some reason that doesn't stick up. I remember the first autograph I gave, um, which yeah. was which was really weird to me because I was in Chicago at another Comic Con and this guy walks to me. He's like. Oh man, you're Ryan White. I was like, yeah, I guess. And he was like, Can I get your autograph? I said, Excuse me. <laughs> I was so stunned. But I can't remember the first piece I sold. And I and I think a part of it is because I was talking to, to another creative about this too. I think a part of it is I don't have that story where I was working for someone else. Like mm. I kind of came from I've always been creative. And I kind of started doing what I wanted to do. And I think the times when I've seen people try and change me, it's been the times I've been like, oh, that seems like a lot of work that I don't want to do. So I'm just not going to do it. You know, I think that's why I don't. But it always intrigues me to listen to those stories because that means something to me because it's like, wow, like your life just changes. You don't even realize it. And it's, it's just a cool feeling, I guess. It's funny, um, I have a few moments like that that have really stuck with me. Um, it was the first time someone recognized me and like the first time someone asked if I could sign the artwork that I had done. Um, I was fairly used to like, I guess, selling artwork to some extent, like as a graphic designer, you're, you're taking on jobs and you're sure. kind of essentially doing a lot of commission work. So like I was used to seeing my work become a re like a physical product mm. or like you know a reality not just a digital thing on a screen um so it didn't it didn't seem super foreign to me like the idea that i had been asked to do the commission it was that she wanted the commission like from me and not someone else that was when i was like oh wow like that yeah, really that, that really cool. did stick with me yeah that, i could see i could see i would stick with you so <clears throat> you said earlier you used, to, you used to be into anime. Are you no longer into anime as hardcore, or are you still, or is that just a Freudian slip? Um, I definitely am still into anime. I do I do go in and out of phases where I watch a lot of it or not so much of it. Um, I'm in a phase right now where I don't watch as much of it, um, but I do love it. It's it's always been something I've enjoyed. Okay. I, Sailor Moon was like the very first uh, one I watched as a kid, and it just really stuck with me. So my follow-up to that is... I find that most creatives can't watch or enjoy stuff like they used to once they get so deep into their creative stuff. Is that why you go into phases? Um, honestly, yes. Sometimes I just want to watch things that have nothing to do with work. Mm. Um, and 
Uh, a lot of the time if I'm watching anime or shows that are really trending, I know that at some point I'll probably end up drawing this to put on um, a stand at a convention and it can kill the buzz a little bit um, where like, I'll be watching some shows on Apple TV and I'm like, you know what, no one's going to ask me to draw the morning show so I can just enjoy this. For <laughs> Um, you know, it's okay. I don't have to draw it. I can just enjoy the narrative. Um, so I do, I do flip flop in and out of watching certain things based off that. That's funny. So you brought up the morning show. So I actually, um, I bought my first Apple product ever. And the only reason I got my tablet, which I'm talking to you on right now is because I start, I, I, I want to do more with my Adobe and stuff like that. And so with your tablet, when when I got from Verizon, you got like a free year of Apple TV. So yeah. I just so happened to be bored. I think this was this had to be in 2020. Tour. Yeah, it had to be like in August of, of 2020 or whatever. But I remember like I just was scanning Apple TV. And they, their TV shows aren't really for me. They're kind of, they're, they're, there's a lot of drama on Apple TV, I'll tell you that. Um, but I, I did get, well, I started watching the morning show only because I think Jennifer Aniston's really hot. So let's just get it out of the way. Um, <laughs> she is. But, but I, I did enjoy the first two seasons and I, I never thought I'd be talking to someone on air about this because this is kind of like a guilty pleasure. <laughs> but what did you think of the morning show? Um, I absolutely loved it. I think they handled a really delicate um, topic very well. Um, it's obviously a very controversial topic mm -hmm. and it specifically was at that point in time. Um, and yeah, I, I think it was handled really well. Hold on, which um, one are you talking about? We're talking about season one. Season one and season two are kind of like season, season one. Yeah, season one. Okay. And we're, just so you know, like everyone that listens to my show knows I don't do the no spoiler thing. So we can, you could just say what it yeah. is because I don't care. <laughs> my audience yeah. doesn't care either. I, th I thought all in all they dealt with the show um, like the like the heavy topics around like the Me Too stuff really really well um, and it was just interesting to see a lot of people I know watch it and sort of maybe understand uh, that hmm. discussion from different perspectives and I thought that was really interesting to even show the discussion from different perspectives um, it was just it felt like a really bold topic to touch on um, because it is so sensitive. So I, I, I really enjoyed the series. I also enjoyed the second season as well. Um, and where they went into little bits of the pandemic, I thought that was super interesting. Um, uh, a little triggering at times. I was like, oh, God, yep, yep, that's, <laughs> that's touching home. But all in all, I right. felt like it was really well done. So I, I agree with you. I, I was surprised that someone as popular as Steve Carell would want to play a role like that right now because... I get it. I, me, uh, us being creators, I think we can understand more that, hey, it's just a thing. But me also having worked on movie sets and me having friends who are actors, knowing that some actors have told me I will refuse to play a racist. I just can't see him. I don't want mm -hmm. anyone to ever see me like that. I was surprised, surprised to see him play that. And I thought the writing was very well done on it so I, I, that's I, that's a we can move on i just when you once you said it i was like oh you're the only other person i know that i know that has watched it i, I tried to get my sister to watch it and she said do you just want me to watch it because jennifer anderson's on it i said yeah duh, <laughs> of course that's it <laughs> that's, that's the only reason you know um but i, I do want to get back to you though so i guess my question is have you ever thought you said you said Sailor Moon was a huge uh, draw for you. I've actually never seen a second of Sailor Moon. I know what it is. Um, I was never an anime guy because I was just telling the story the other day too. Now on the air, off air. When I was really young, this anime came from Japan called Ronin Warriors. Mm -hmm. 
And it was every Saturday. And then one Saturday, it just didn't happen anymore. And I was like, what happened? And then later on, I found out that the USA didn't, or certain stations didn't buy the rights to the rest of the season or just the show. I was like, I'm not watching any more anime then. But that's before we had Netflix and stuff like that. Now it's just too much for me. I can't keep up with all of it. But with me saying that, like, have you ever thought or has it ever been presented to you to, like, do, like, a comic book or anime short of your own with someone? Um, People ask me this all the time. Um, Like, would I write a comic? Would I draw a comic? Um, in, In short, my answer is no, I don't really have the skills for that. Um, I never, I never really have like, uh, my style of artwork probably doesn't suit that kind of medium, but I do try to put storytelling into some of the other projects I've done, like the playing cards, um, that I created last year, created a little world that, um, accompanies the designs, um, with that. And I'm working on a second deck of playing cards at the moment, which is a murder mystery. So I'm actually having to write the narrative for that, which is, gosh, so, so much more difficult than I could ever have imagined, but we're getting there slowly. So I will, I will uh, respectfully disagree. I think it may not be your traditional comic book look or anime look, but I definitely think there is, um, cause I'm looking, I know this cause I'm looking at it as she's talking. Um, <laughs> and so I'm looking at it and I, I don't know. I, I, I disagree with you. Uh, I, I think it will be very, a very unique look for a comic. It reminds me, actually your style reminds me of, I don't know if you ever read the comic book called Saga. Um, I didn't know. Okay. I've read one comic book in my whole life. So okay. um, it's definitely not um, something I grew up with, but I have immense respect for the teams of people that put them together. They are an amazing form of storytelling. And you can definitely, yeah, you, I, yeah, I disagree. I'm, I'm going to put your link in everything on, on, in the description when I drop the show. I think everybody, I, th- I think everyone that I know will disagree with you. Um, she has great artwork here, but, um, I, I guess that, 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 that makes sense. I do think I, I have found the more artists I work with, cause I stopped drawing a long time ago. Um, I found out my passion was more writing because I was like, I would draw something and I couldn't get what I wanted, but I can direct an artist to give me exactly what I want. Um, yeah. I, I do agree with you. I do think it's one of those things where. I think comic book is, in my opinion, still a niche thing anyway. Like, you have to want to go pick up a comic book. You have to want to read it. Like, you can buy one, but <laughs> opening up after that's the next is the hardest part. Uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah. but I still feel like when I see artwork like your like yourself, I definitely feel like it could be t- it could definitely have it has a place. And I didn't know you did trading cards. That's actually something really cool. Uh, what made you do that actually? Before I get into my rest of my thought. Um, well, I had seen a bunch of artists online sort of trending, I suppose, though maybe it wasn't trending because I'm always about, you know, 10 minutes too late to the party. (laughs) It was probably trending two weeks before I saw it, but a lot of illustrators were drawing these queen cards, like, or like characters that were supposed to be queen cards. I thought, oh, that's really cute. Like, I could, I could do that. I love that. I love a, a, like, empowered female. I'm here for this. And I started to think on it and I was like, oh, what if I did like a whole deck of cards? Because it's a kind of a good crossover with graphic design. And yes. the more I pondered it, the more I was like, oh, there's a lot of like male characters in the deck. I don't know that I really want to draw that many male characters. Like it's not my, my preference. And if I'm going to, you know, put all this time into this project, I want to enjoy it. 
And then I thought, oh, I could just switch the jacks out. So that's still just four male cards. And then I was like, oh, I still don't know if I want to do that. And then I just had this idea, like, what if I just make the entire deck female characters and that's the selling point and that's the, the different part of it and it's a little bit of a feminist expression and the idea kind of just grew from there and I decided that I was going to make it happen and in 2021 and 2020 I had not much to do um, just because of the pandemic and it became the sort of project that kept me going and getting me through till I could get back to shows and I was I was really glad I did it I I learned a lot from it um and I ended up collaborating with a friend to create some short stories about the characters that I had created for it so that was a nice little little touch why do you feel like male characters aren't your strength or is it something you just don't want to do um, just like preference in illustration okay. styles, to be honest, um, I find male characters tend to be a lot more angular. Female characters have a bit more curve to it. And I just end up enjoying drawing um, that more than I do male characters. Um, I end up having to draw a lot of male characters for commissions and for I was about work. I have no choice when it comes to No, that makes sense. I was about to say, I, I don't, I, yeah. that, that's a hard thing. I, I've noticed that with most artists, they end up drawing the things that they're like, ugh. You, you sure you want this? Okay, I'll do it. I, I can yeah. see that. So I, I, one of the questions I always ask people, it's not really a fair question because I don't even have an answer for the question, but I want to ask it because I want to get an answer one day. Do you ever have an angle? Like, let's say if, I don't know, um, a billionaire came to you and said, hey, I'm starting this company. I need this, this, and this, and I want you to be the only artist doing it. Like, like I usually use, like, Marvel or DC or whatever, but you don't read comic books. So, like, it's one of those things where it's like, that's kind yeah. of moot. But do you have, like, an end goal with this? Like, are you happy with where you are? Do you want to continue to grow? Or Because I've had some people tell me they don't want to grow. You know, I've met, I've met a few artists where they're like, I'm good where I'm at. Like, what what is your ultimate end goal with everything you're doing right now? Um, so I definitely would love to see some more growth in what I'm doing. Um, I felt very cut off when the pandemic happened. I felt like everything was just sort of starting to take off and then it all just got put on pause. So I'm definitely, definitely keen to, to keep growing and developing as an artist, but I'd also love to grow my career, um, ultimately what I would really love to do is collaborate with other creatives and work on like bigger projects where people will bring you on for like your style or your take Mm. or the way you see it. Um, and you can collaborate with other people and sort of like put all your ideas together and make it happen. Um, that's like my end goal at the end of the day. So effectively it's just freelancing, but, um, I would love to work on some, some cool projects. Um, and I'd also love to continue creating my own projects. I really did enjoy doing the playing cards and I learned a lot from it. Um, um, it's like about character creation and developing an entire project on my own and sort of directing the idea. And um, I, I really enjoyed it. So I'd love to do more of that too. That's cool. So uh, I, I have a question. So, so <laughs> I said this on the show before and I've gotten a ton of emails because people don't understand where I'm coming from. When you do comic cons, do you stay, let's say if a comic con is three days, do you go for all three days? Always. I imagine um, you I am on the show floor from the time we are supposed to be open till the time we close. Okay. So what you're saying that I have this thing with myself. I got invited to New York Comic Con uh, 2018. I went all four days. And obviously I get it. It's New York. It was a lot of things were hectic. I de- that was my first time ever like in New York by myself. The last time I was in New York. I was with my crazy ex who literally drove us there from Maryland for a pastrami sandwich. We drove four hours for a pastrami. 
And she I was a, it was good. It, it was good to her. I was terrified because she was a demon on the road. So we literally were on the turnpikes for we were on the turnpikes for such a short a time. We got to our exit. The person looked at us and said, "You guys need to be on the turnpike for another hour, or so we're going to give you a ticket." That's how serious this pastrami was. But anyways, I legit went to New York. That was the first time I went to New York. Everything it was just overwhelming for me. And then on top of that, like the I don't know the boroughs, so I was staying in a hotel that was like technically five minutes away, but it's technically in a different borough. I wished off going to every Comic-Con that I go to for all days because it was so wear and tear on me. Yeah. You obviously, you're flying. If, if you're not in LA, you're flying from Australia. So it, it's worth your time. But do you ever feel like, that's my long-winded way of asking, do you ever feel like it's sometimes too stimulating or too much going on at a Comic-Con? Um, sometimes depending on how busy it is, um, the shows I do in New York are particularly insane, I must admit. Um, and I'm usually on my own when I do them. So I find that there are times when I, if, especially if I've had like four of them back to back, cause that's usually how I have to line them up if I'm flying from Australia. Um, by that fourth weekend, uh, I will like put a little cloth over my table and walk away for half an hour sort of when it gets quiet, because I just, I need half an hour to sort of regroup. Um, it is hard being on the entire time. And I think sometimes what a lot of people don't realize is like, you're not just on when you're on the show floor, but like you'll go and get drinks with people afterwards and you're still on, mm. like you're staying at the hotels and there's other people around that, you know, and you're still like, you, on. you don't necessarily get the opportunity to have a bad five minutes. Um, and yeah, it, it, it can be overwhelming in that sense. It's just a lot of time where you've got to be very chipper, um, which, you know, it's definitely fun to be there, but it is it is draining week in, week out. Um, it does get tiring, but at the same time, after the last two years now, I am just so grateful to be back at work that I think I've definitely seen it all in a different light this year round. I just did uh, four weeks in the US in May, and I was very tired on that fourth weekend, but I was still just so so grateful to be there that I think it's yet yeah, maybe changed my attitude a little bit, but I definitely do get exhausted from it. Oh no, I definitely agree with you on that part. I remember the last comic con I went to was C2E2 and it was probably so far one of the highlights of my young career. I got to work with Neil Adams, rest in peace. And, um, COVID was a thing, you know, but it was like quiet and it was, uh, in the middle of February. And I remember, thinking to myself, man, like, this is about to be a big year. Less than a month later, we shut down. And I remember my first Comic-Con I went to last year was, I think, Comic-Palooza. I had a panel and a booth. I do feel differently about it. I just know that, as you just said the key terms right there. And, that, and a lot of times when I get emails, and a lot of times when I get people who ask me questions, um, people will say, what do you mean on? It's like, you, we're, I, me, speaking for myself, I'm not a big celebrity, so I can't afford to piss off a fan, and because that fan will then go and tell his other fan friends who are there, and they're super, people don't realize, if you've never been to a Comic-Con, that's for the super fans. Those people have saved money, they've paid money, and they want the entire experience from everybody, even if they don't know you. So you have, as you said, you have to be on. The one thing I did cut out last year, though, was the hanging out afterwards, because I will be so drained when I'm there all day that when someone's like, hey, you have a beer, I'll say, oh, no, I got plans with the, my lady. I'm single. So just. <laughs> <laughs> but 
for me, I, I I I do agree with you. I feel differently about him for sure. At the same time, I just know like I, can only, I I've never done four back to back. You're crazy. Um, <laughs> but but serious. But it, it's it is something to appreciate. I do I do appreciate you. I do appreciate you saying that though. It's um I have a lot of friends that uh, they attend this from very different aspects, um, whether it's guests or volunteers or people that actually are staff at the shows, um, and they all do say the same thing. They're like, it is really great, but you need you need five minutes of your day to yourself mm-hmm. to just regroup a lot of the time. Because you're right, everybody's there. That's really enthusiastic, and yes. you know you want to also you want to make sure that you match their bring energy. that enthusiasm too. Exactly, you want to match their energy and. And a lot of time, like I, when I was in Dallas a couple of weeks ago, I actually left early. It was on a Sunday though. It was, but it was it was because I could. It, I was I didn't little did I know I was catching a cold. Um, but at the time I was so beat up. I said I can't match anybody's energy here. So I just and I, and like you, I go to cons by myself. So like I just said, I just I just have to go. My luckily for me, my cousin lives in Dallas, so he kind of took over. But. Um, I usually wouldn't leave, but I just I felt it. But at the same time, I didn't know the time I was getting sick. But you're right; you have to match the enthusiasm. Um, but I do. I will say this: I I do. Is there any con you? Before I let you go, we have a few more things to talk about. But is there any con you I, you have you not been to that you want to go to? Um, I would love to go to New York Comic Con. That is uh, very high up on my list. Um, I really would love to be there. I do anime NYC most years. I really enjoy that. And I love a lot of Breed Pops other shows. Um, so I just yeah, would love to do that one day. Uh, well, I mean, I'll tell you from experience. It's I will say this for as tired and, and beat up as I was, the reason why I went on four days is because for me it was worth it. Like talking to a number of people and um, that was... I've never been to San Diego. I'm going to go next year no matter what, whether I'm invited or not. But I, if New York is that crazy, I can only imagine the energy of San Diego. So we're going to believe that you're going to go there for sure, if not this year, next year. But um, it's, it, I will say it's one of the best Comic-Cons I've ever been to, and I was really honored to go. Um, the last couple of questions I have for you. So we, we, we've talk, touched on what your endgame is, all other type of stuff. So my question for you is, as an independent creative... And this could help some people, I think. How do you go about growing? Because you told me you say yourself, you you answer your own emails. Like this, you're you're a one stop shop. So how, how do you go about growing? Um, it's funny. I I tend to try. Like I have a I have a vision board which I look at every day, and that sounds so cheesy, and I feel cheesy saying it. No, it doesn't. Um, Stop but it. But sometimes it's really good to just see your end goals every morning and remind yourself why it is you're doing what you're doing, um, and reminding yourself that like if you feel like you're not actually heading towards that, what can you be doing to head towards that? Um, and that's that's a really important thing. So like every year I come up with a bit of a business plan and I'll sit down and I'll have a look at like the four or five main goals, things I want to achieve, how I can achieve them, like what I definitely need to do, what I think I could do. And I will look back at that um, probably every three months and just sort of check in with it and see how I'm going. And if I feel like something's going in hmm. a different direction, if I think I should switch out something or if I'm like, you know, actually I'm really, I'm ignoring this. Why am I ignoring this? Why hmm. isn't this something that I'm pushing towards? Um, and I'll just reassess from there. 
That's a good freaking answer. That's, that's a better answer. I, I never know how to answer that question. So that, that's actually something I'm going to steal from you. Um, and no, vision having a vision board isn't corny. I always think writing down your goals and everything. I actually, I think it's important because I you sometimes you need to see things a visual. It's, it's, you need to see things to actually see the bigger picture sometimes. Because we can't we can't forget with life and all that stuff. So no, don't, that's not corny at all. Um, our time's wrapping up here. Do you want to plug your stuff like your Instagram and I'm gonna put all, I'm gonna put all these links in the description. But if you want to plug them, that's fine as well. Of course, I am KMMCM Draws um, on everything, all those good things we're supposed to have, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, uh, and yeah, so you can find me. Is there, <laughs> is there one platform you're on more than the other? Because I, me personally, I, as you said earlier, I'm barely on Twitter because I'm always 10 minutes late to the party. So like, I'm just like there, like enjoying the ruins of what just happened. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm mainly on Instagram, but like, do you have one you prefer on both? Um, I'm on definitely on both. Um, I update them both frequently, but Instagram is definitely um, where I am most interactive. So you can okay. definitely catch me there. Well, I appreciate your time. Um, I've, yeah, I don't know. I just, there's more I want to talk about. But I was like, no, no. We, we, I, that's why I'm like all over the place tonight. I was like, man, it's just, I have so many things because I don't usually have creatives on. And you've been very well spoken. You answered the question. Like that one, that last question was how you grow. Like I get to access so much and I don't know how to answer it. So I just, there's so many things on. We'll have to have you back back on soon. But um, hopefully I'll see you at a con. Um, matter of fact, before you go, when's your next con? Um, my next con in America, I'll be at C2E2, Anime Houston, and Emerald City Comic Con. So if you are there, I will see you. I will see you at Emerald City. I will be there as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so um, you guys check her out. Like I said, all the links will be in the description. Do not hesitate to give her a follow. I li- I actually like her artwork myself. Uh, I think she's underselling it. Uh, she could definitely do comic books. Um, but that is the show for this week. That's for Kelly McMahon. This is Little Chemical. And I am, well, we are out. <laughs>